welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, yo. And Mike Ozimovich. Hello. And today we are talking dynasty trades the history of Dynasty Trades throughout the Dynasty Nerds League and what we have learned. So, oh, you're going to say something? No, go ahead. I've learned very little. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. And what have you learned after 10 years? I've learned nothing. I've learned not to trust my instincts. No. I learned not to trade with Juan. Yeah, I have learned that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I've learned. Um, so, I mean, a couple things, you know, dy- trading in Dynasty is a very important part of Dynasty. Definitely if you run like how we run our leagues, which is a 30-man roster, uh, the rights to everybody for two years, uh, limits free agency. So the only way to build a team is through the draft or via trade. And again, if you know if you if you're new to the podcast or not, that's how we believe all dynasty leagues should be. That's our kind of our philosophy. You know, build through the draft and build through trade. I don't think I'm quite as Hitlerish as as you are on that subject. <laughs> this is the only way yeah, you can I mean, do it. I mean, you can you can do it however you want, but that's the way we prefer to do it. I, I would. Someone just say said that's that our fl- That's our way, right? And so you had to do it. That's way you, the way you I mean, made you it sound. Hitler yeah. over here. Well, well, yeah. Dynasty that, Nazi is what I'll call you from now right, on. Well, everybody has to do it our way or the highway. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, people ask us sometimes to send them out. I again. But, you know, after and we evolved our league, though, you know, I mean, our league from 10 years ago is drastically different than it is now. It's because we modified it. The we thought was the most optimal dynasty league. And we're going to go back to 2005. Uh, that's where we're going to go back to the trade. So we're going to go back 10 years and start from there. And, you know, and that, again, it's just from experience. So if you've been doing it for three years or four years, I mean, our league evolved after three years, after four years to kind of we all we're always searching for what would make this the best league in the world. Yeah, and back and back then there was no Twitter or you know as many dedicated dynasty sites, so you couldn't ask people. I, I was going to say we were completely on our own, totally yeah. on an island, just coming up with your own values for players. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I mean, it was almost like a like going back to grade school or something. Like you made a bad trade, and you're like. It was your friend's feedback, you know, them making right. fun of making, you. Yeah, to know that, like, oh, yeah. I guess that trade wasn't I guess I good. I screwed up pretty yeah. bad there. I, I don't remember any Dynasty sites in 05 being out there or anything when we did our draft. I remember I remember when I, when I wanted to start the league. I was like, hey, guys, let's start this Dynasty, you know, let's start this Dynasty league where you're going to keep players forever. I don't know where I heard about it or whatnot, but I was like, let's do this. And I literally, literally just made up the rules as we kind of, went along there was no guidelines right and it's because it's funny now like how you know mfl came along they had taxi squads but we had taxi squads in 2005 and we're like okay you know like oh, this site's perfect it has taxi squads right right this is what we've been dreaming of you know this is what we need because everybody be picking up players that they weren't supposed to pick up yeah um, i think you could always find like you know maybe small rookie lists you know like maybe in a magazine or something and be like, oh, the top 10 rated rookies and you're like i need like 50 of these. I need 200 of these. Right, you know. a six-round rookie draft. Yeah, it it was rough for a while, and then as time, and then there was just, like, no one to ask now on Twitter, like, if you, you know, there's people, you know, like us that will field your questions, you know, and a lot of dynasty-dedicated websites are enough, you know. I feel like some people in our league still need Twitter, or they ask around, you know, like, like, we have a guy in our league who's, like, not he doesn't use social media whatsoever. There's a lot of people social like media that. platform, anything like that. He still doesn't even read 
you know, he's in uh, the Dynasty Nerds League, doesn't use anything along those lines, kind of goes on his own. Who are you talking about? Fox. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so he's uh, he's on his own little world there. But uh, it is, it's it's important to get as much, again, we always preach that to you, like, come to your own decisions, you know, use us as guidelines, we give you our opinion, what we think is the best for your team, and go off of that, you know, maybe... And all of a sudden you get three opinions and three guys and three different sites are are all telling you the same thing. Then you're like, okay, maybe I should do this. Right, right. Uh, But today we are talking trades, the history of trades. And going back here, I started recording trades uh, right around 2005. So we have 10 years worth of trades and what we learned. And, you know, I have come away and we've learned a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. I was kidding before. What to do and what not to do. I used to make Um, some really boneheaded trades. And... Some of the things before we get started in the trades, I'll start off on. I want to I want to hit this point right off the top was the one thing I don't like is when people want to trade away good players for rookie picks. You know what I mean? Like, and there's other sites that say like, oh, the guy's 28, trade it for a rookie pick and go young. And it's such a game, and you're going to see, you know, over the history of our drafts as well. Uh, you see, like th- these rookie picks are a huge gamble. Ah, how many? Uh, the the you know, it was a few weeks ago pre-show we were looking over some old drafts, and you look at it and. Three good There's players. like three good players in the whole draft. It's like a barren wasteland. You know? Was and, that 07? I think there was three good, the first three picks. Right. And then so Greg Olson, I think, and that was it. Right. So imagine if you traded someone that was, you know, a solid contributor, like a, if for a draft pick and just, you know, it's a bust. I mean, that's why give me the steady contributor, unless you have a chance at it. If you're in rebuild mode, you have a chance at an impact player, like a top, but there's still nothing's guaranteed, nothing's but I guaranteed. would rather take the impact player. And I think what I've learned too, is like people, and everybody's guilty of this, you know, I'm sure we're guilty of it as well Is everybody thinks they're going to draft the next Julio Jones, the next Calvin Johnson, the next Adrian Peterson. And when you, when you do that, you're like, oh, I'm getting this next guy who's going to be on my team for 10 years. Right. But it turns out the more times you think you're drafting Julio Jones or uh, Calvin Johnson, you end up getting Braylon Edwards Correct. and, you yeah, know, Charles Rogers. Charles Rogers. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like that happens all the time. Absolutely. It happens all the time. And then you wish you had that like steady contributor who's like a running back, high end running back two or high end wide receiver two. It's because. And it, and you if you do this, which I do like a lot of redrafts, I do a lot of other drafts. Like, if you start a whole league yeah, up, we know it gives you a whole good concept of like how little value there is out, like how little those guys are now after a history of ten years of drafts. Like, those top end players, they're gone. Like, once you start getting around three and four of your dynasty startup drafts, we're talking like early in the draft. You're like, oh, I don't want this guy. I'll take him. We got to about round five in like a, a mock or, or whatever it was. I can't remember what it was, and I didn't want any of the players. Yeah. So there's about like 45 guys. You yeah. know, if you go to the fourth round, that's like, what, 48 guys? Right you got it. There? Yep. One plus one is 48. Got yeah, it. You got yeah. it. Ohio State education whoop, coming whoop. into play. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that. so like out of all the players out there, there's about like 40, 48 like quality players that you want. And some of those guys are older as well. So it's kind of like. Not every, it just shows you not everybody's going to turn out to be who you thought they were. And right. you'll, you'll see a lot of these trades are, you know, for draft picks or players they thought they were going to be. And knowing also, knowing also kind of learned over the years, too, it's kind of like, it's never, it's hardly ever like, okay, this is pretty fair. It's like somebody usually wins the trade. You know, it's like, oh, that was a horrible trade for you. You know what also I don't like, just talking about trades, just based off of that right there, is when some, when some leagues butt in and veto certain trades 
you ever notice, because I do a dynasty baseball league too, and like certain cer- certain trades, like in, in both like football and baseball, I've seen over the years where on paper, right at that time, it looks like the worst trade ever. And then you fast forward like four months and you're like, oh, wow, that actually worked out better for the other team. Yeah, the quote-unquote loser got yeah, the better the, end of the deal. Right, that happens like a lot a lot of the time. So that's why I always have a hard time when like I, I hear about leagues when they're, oh, we're not letting them make that move. It's like, dude, you're an owner of your own like team. Dude paid yeah, the money. Yeah. I mean, unless there's like absolute like uh, collusion. Collusion. Something like that. Yeah, but then it's, it's like just... Right. It's like, just let them make their moves. It might seem bad now. It might seem bad to you. It might seem bad to eight of the other owners, but you don't know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No one's got their crystal ball. Right. And we, 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 we did that early. We, we were like, Hey man, it's his team. He can do whatever he wants. And there's been tons of trades in our league. We're like, what the hell is he doing? And we had a guy trade his entire draft for Dwayne Bow. this was two years ago. I think it was, or even it was last year. Last year, I thought. Because he was trying to make a push. He desperately needed a receiver, and this guy just gets frustrated sometimes. Oh, is this he... the same guy that's not on social media? Correct. And the same <laughs> guy we almost talked about, like, giving the heepo? Oh, oh we, okay. we almost had a vacancy in the league. Right. After 10 years, you know, we're like, ah, oh, maybe enough's enough. But, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't veto trades, because Mike's right, because you never know in the future. I mean, if they want to trade A.J. Green for Mari Cooper, you're like, you're insane, but you don't know how that's going to pan out in three years from now. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't do it either, but yeah. Right. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Eric. Uh, you can follow him at Dynasty Trades. Uh, he's the one that actually inspired this podcast. He's like, you guys need to do a podcast on the history of your trades. I really want to hear it. So shout out to you, Eric, for inspiring us. So shout out to you, Eric. Uh, appreciate that. It's, uh, he's a good Twitter follow at Dynasty Trades, even though he gets ton, every gets inundated with those. I look at him all the time. So let's get into it. Let's go back 10 years ago, 2005. There'll be some names on here that you might not even know. You know, I had to write down the team because I don't remember who they were 10 years ago. Okay. Um, 05, trades that went down 05. We had Amon Green for Nate Burleson and Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. So this is 10 years ago. Hmm. At the time, Amon Green was a, a quality fantasy back. And, you know, you'll see a lot of this too because I made this mistake in 06 that people trade for those older runners. And this, this is, again, this is, this is 05. So we're virgins almost at this point. And you'll see that. You know, it, it, throughout this whole process, trading for that older running back who just had, like, a couple good years is not a good idea. You know what I mean? Hashtag two to three-year window. The, the cliff is coming for that guy. Yeah, so I'm on green for Nate Burleson and Big Ben. Uh, long-term, Big Ben won that trade. I don't know if, Mike, you're looking at I'm on green stats from 05. Yeah, I was just uh, pulling those up, but I could see, like, some th- probably was trading Big Ben based off of being young and trying to, like, flip flip for a running back obviously in leagues you're always searching for that running that's always seems to be the missing piece on a roster that or like a like a stud tight end or something so the owner was probably chasing a running back and thought well i'll just flip this quarterback because how many quarterbacks bust out you know all the time and it was tony who was a diehard steelers fan uh so he wants every steeler he drafts every steeler in the draft and Amon Green at the time was coming off of, I mean, 2000, he had 1,175 yards, 10 touchdowns, then 1387 and nine, 1240 and seven. And then uh, yeah, 2003, he had 1,883 yards and 15 <sighs> touchdowns. 2004, uh, a dip, um, 1163 and seven touchdowns. 
Then they make the trade going into 05, and then Amon Green has 255 yards. Oh. And Big Ben is a Hall of Famer winning Super Bowls and a steady starter on. You you have Big Ben as your starter. I mean, uh, you're you, pretty you, happy. Yeah, He's you can build, six, fancy quarterback six. So that's, right. That's, yeah, you're happy if you have Big right, Ben. Right, for all these years, and you're just building players around him, not really worrying about it. Can you do better than Big Ben over those years? Sure, certainly you can, but he's pretty darn steady. Oh, yeah, if you have Big Ben over the years, you're happy. He's definitely one of those quarterbacks. You, he's a plug-and-play week in and week out. And, and so Amon Green had, like, four quality fantasy years, right? Uh, five. Four or five, five yeah. yeah. So that's an above-average running back right there who had, like, five awesome running back years. And so he was so he chased the norm. he chased him at just at the wrong time. Again. You know what I mean? He he made that trade, and he was 28 years old when he made the deal. And so he did only play five games that year. Just right out, yeah. yeah right. He was so it, right. He was, was probably a, injured, but still, just he bounced back with a thousand yards the next season. So I mean, he kind of recouped a little bit in the next season, but still, yeah, you're gonna have a hard time justifying justifying that, that at that point. But again, chasing chasing. That's what the running back. You know, in 05, there was no such thing as hashtag two to three year window. No, there wasn't. There wasn't even hashtags. It was a pound sign. <laughs> so, um, and then there's a couple more trades in 05. Lavernius Coles for Drew Bledsoe. Uh, neither of those were really affected each other. Then Chris Perry for Chris Cooley. Again, uh, Chris Cooley's side definitely won the long term. Yeah. Uh, Chris Perry was or, come Or Can go. Cooley, as I used to call him. Yeah, he was terrible. The only thing I remember about Chris Perry is beating Ohio State and, uh, the one year when Ohio State was really good. I'm talking and, about Chris Cooley, but oh, right, I call oh. him Can Cooley. Why? Because he? Because I don't know. It just sounds like a Can Cooley, Koozie, uh, Can Cooley. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <Moving on. laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible jokes. <laughs> Stick to the sound effects. Oh six. There wasn't a lot of big trades in 06. We had. I mean, there was a really big one I made, but they had Jericho Cotri for Plexico Bursts. Uh, Cedric Houston, who's a running back for the Jets, for Eddie Kennison, who was a wide receiver for the Chiefs. Both are long gone remembered. That's how I got Plexigo Burrs. I don't know. Maybe, I ended up with Plexigo Burrs on my team. Yeah, so I must have made that trade. Now, that's a good trade for me. Yeah, it worked out well for you for a little while. Yeah. Until you probably um, shot himself. Probably at the time trading a young running back, you know, and it got you. What was it, Houston for Burris? Yeah. Right, so... Uh, no, no, no. Houston was for uh, Eddie Kennison. It was Jericho uh, Cotter. Jericho Cotter. Oh, Cotter, yeah. Um, and then uh, Tommy... There's two big trades in 06 uh, that really went down. It was uh, Tommy ended up trading Deshaun Foster and Torrey Holt. Remember, Torrey Holt was phenomenal. Yeah, he was time. awesome. And a second-round pick for Anquan Bolden and Steven Jackson. And that's a trade that... Because Tommy won three... In 06 is where he, he won three uh, championships in a row. So he had that real dynasty. And... The catalyst he still swears this day was getting at Stephen Jackson because that's when Stephen Jackson started beasting. Yes, and, total beasting. You know the other owner really wanted Tory Holt, and that was a trade that almost worked out for both of them because then he got he got uh, Tory Holt, he got a second round pick. I don't know how that second round pick panned out, uh, but obviously the long term value was Anquan Bolton, Stephen Jackson, and it did propel him to championships. He needed Stephen Jackson to win those titles, and he did, so it worked out pretty well. And then. Another big trade that I made in 2006 was Frank Gore, who's young at the time, who I was a big fan of, Daryl Jackson from the Seahawks, who was a quality receiver, Corey Dillon for the, for the Patriots, uh, I don't even know if it was the Bengals at the time, and Todd Heap. And I traded those for Andre Johnson and Sean Alexander. 
Now, same kind of concept we were talking earlier. You know, Sean Alexander in 06, I mean, in 05 had played 13 games. Uh, not in 05, but before that came off the 1,800-yard season, right? So he was, a, he was a beast. And Andre Johnson at the time was, you know, he, he uh, got hurt the year before. He didn't have a lot of yards. And he, I think he had 896 yards or something along those lines. Uh, what year but, was this, you said? 06, 2006. So, yeah, so uh, D- Sean Alexander was coming off his 1,880-yard, 27-touchdown season. Um, but again, 28. And yeah. after that, he didn't do anything. I made a mistake. That's what I was trading for. Like, he was a tar- like, I really liked Andre Johnson coming out. Like, I, I liked him a lot. So, I want Andre Johnson too. And I had, a, I had to up the offer. And the owner at the same time was probably thinking, hey, I can dump load Sean Alexander now. And I offer him a lot of good players. Cause I remember specifically when I made the offer, he was like, wow, uh, you're offering me all that for this? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, you know, he wasn't all in on Andre Johnson at the time. He only had a 1,000 yard season at that point uh, and disappointed the year before. And, you know, so I traded for Sean Alexander, you know, and here he comes along, you know, and uh, in 2006, he had 896 yards. Big drop off there. Oof. Uh, and then in 2007, he had, you know, he only had two touchdowns in 06, too, when I made the trade. And then in 07, he had 716 yards and two touchdowns. And you know how many yards he had in 2008 with the Washington Redskins? Uh, not many. 24. All right. <laughs> so that was, a complete, that was a complete bust. And here, Frank Gore is still an asset. But to me, it was always a wash because I got Andre Johnson. You know what I mean? That that kind of evened it all out for me. You at least got something, yeah. For the it was he was a stud for a long time for your team. So and that was two. And that was a trade. That was a big time trade at the time, and it kind of worked out for both. Even though Frank Gore is one of the most traded players in our entire I was history say, of you our end, dynasty, you ended up getting Frank Gore back, right? I think I acquired Frank Gore two more times and traded him away both times. Because I even in in that same league traded him. Got rid of him and then got him back again. He's, and I still own him now. He is a loose man. Yeah, he's all he, over uh, the place. He gets around. Yeah. And he comes back for seconds. Right. And sometimes thirds. Mm-hmm. He's like, Tupac, I get around. Yeah. <laughs> and I even inquired in Aussie. I was like, hey, Matt, can I get Frank Gore off you back for the fourth? <laughs> yeah, you did want him for back. For the fourth time? I always want Frank you weren't back. Well, you weren't willing to pay the price, though. I remember, I remember in that draft, too, Mike's like, to Frank Gore, do not sleep on him. And he's going to be so good coming off two knee surgeries. And I got him. He's like, oh. Mike, just give me a look. He's like, oh. I think I think that draft I wore my Frank Gore jersey to the rookie draft and I didn't get him. You inspired me. Yeah, you inspired that? me. Ever since then, Mike's been dr- overdrafting every Miami player. That's right. <laughs> so, so that, but that was one trade where two guys got long-term value out of player. You know, they're both still playing and now surprisingly on the same team. So, you know, that that's one of the few times something worked out where people got both really good players. Then we go to 2007. Amon Green uh, is on the move again. So. I'm on green. And he's washed up at this point. He's 30 years old. Yeah. And, you know, here it was I'm on green and Jamal Lewis. Here's another trade that really benefited him. I'm on green Jamal Lewis for Randy Moss in 07. So that went down pretty well for him. I mean, what's the thought process behind that? I don't know. It was uh, eight years ago. So I don't, I don't know. Is it eight years ago? Yeah. Eight years ago. So it was I'm on green. But Jamal Lewis at the time was still a really good running back. Right. I mean, if it's before the 07 season, Randy Moss was coming off those just, he was done in Oakland. He was in Oakland and he basically quit. And just he basically quit. Trying. So it was, it was a gamble, taking a gamble on Randy Moss, um, you know, giving up Jamal Lewis, but it ended up pay, paying off because then he goes to New England and resurrects his career and puts up 
uh, just just Hall huge, of Fame. right just awesome. solidifying that if Randy Moss had a decent quarterback I mean he's one of the most athletic best wide receivers of all time oh for sure I mean I, yeah. I always say if I could have one receiver in their prime for one game at any receiver in history for one game I'm taking Randy Moss that dude was uncoverable unstoppable man yeah. he's the best receiver I for like that one game, that's the guy I want over anybody. He's unbelievable. Um, so and then in 07, Matt, you and I made a trade during the rookie draft. Sure uh, enough. Yep. The pick had come along. I was up in the first round. There was nobody I loved. And you had Michael Turner. I did. He was a backup at the time. He was a backup. This is a year before he goes to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I foresaw him. Like, er, the talk was he's going to get a starting job somewhere. But he was a backup when I traded for him at the time. Well, I... I... Being the guy that picked him up off the waiver wire, I that's I knew he was going to be a starter in a year, and, yeah. and I was, but I was so willing, you're selling, you're selling high. I was trying to sell high, yeah, right. trying to just. So there's well, nothing I, wrong I with guess that. I wasn't really selling high, but he still he had a name already. And or, people knew you he, picked him up off the waiver wire, so there's no investment. It's like you bought a house, right? Uh, that's foreclosed, right? You just sat on it for a minute and you sold it for a first round pick. First round pick, dude. Craig, you you win, Craig, I think. Greg Olson, yeah. Right, I'm not necessarily you win the deal, but like you win personally. personally what, there's nothing. They, right. I got a, I got a first round pick basically for nothing. A- absolutely, nothing's better than you know. And it's so key to watch your waiver wire because you never know what you could pick up and trade him for. And you know, even if you can pick a guy now, that was a you know that was a really good example. You got a first round pick, but if you can pick up a guy off your waiver wire and then flip him down the road at the, like mid season or end of the year for even second or third, you yeah, know what I mean, you're still winning and you get you get roster flexibility because you know they're a rookie then Correct. that you're that you're flipping it for. And, you know, you obviously get the benefit of whatever the player does. And it helped me. I mean, it helped me because the following year, Michael Turner went to Atlanta, and he was great for a couple years. Absolutely. Hey, he put together some really good years. I think, like, that trade helps both both parties. You, you turned nothing into something. You took a risk on a running back, and he put together probably three out of the four next years were pretty solid. Very solid. You know, uh, you know what else is weird? I actually ended up turning Greg Olson into Emmanuel Sanders. So I'm just, I, get, I keep flipping Wow, it just going. keeps, just keeps keep going and going. It's yeah. the gift yeah, that keeps man. on giving. Yeah. Yep. Trades, man, you got to keep them going. It's, it's, you always, you're not going to win them all, right. but you're going to win some. Yeah. I mean, because Michael Turner, for you, he had almost 1,700 yards and 17 touchdowns. Yeah, that oh. that next year. Yeah, it was it with was, Atlanta. I felt ecstatic about the trade. And right. I was just kind of trying to foreshad. I was like, man, Michael Turner's, gonna, you know, he's looked good in there. You know, the Turner of the burner, uh, and he's gonna, he's gonna for sure gonna be a free agent next year because there's already talk like they're not gonna be able to resign him. He wants to start. Yeah, I think it was like him and LT's both their contracts were coming up, so they weren't gonna be able to resign both of them or something like that. Yeah, if my memory serves me correct. And then uh, there's another trade here that I made in '07. I traded Ben Watson, Derek Hagan. In a 2008 for Kellen Winslow. A bunch of hobos for Winslow. Yeah. Yeah. Who had all the potential. Yeah, all the potential in the world. I really wanted Winslow really bad. Uh, um, that motorcycle accident really say, screwed him. Man. Yeah, he would have been great if it wasn't. So it, it ends up being like a nullified trade, but like in theory, like I would still, uh, you know. I still want Winslow. Yeah, you, time, right. ben, you unloaded ben, a bunch of hobos for a guy. But Ben Watson, on the, he was like an up-and-coming young tight end, and Derek right. Hagan was up-and-coming on, the, I think it was the Dolphins as well. And it goes to show you when you make these trades as well, when you're trading, again, it kind of goes back to trading. Like you want, like you want these young players because you think they're going to be good. And people are out there like, oh, this is why this person's going to be good. He was drafted in the second round in the NFL draft or he was drafted here. You'd be surprised. Again, going back, like, when we go through the draft history here, and I think we're going to do like a show on that, like our draft history. 
uh, going through some of these players, like how many of these players don't pan out? And again, let, we've said it a thousand times. Last year was a huge anomaly. Uh, we, we, we said it during the draft, like 10 years from now, we'll be talking about this rookie draft class forever. It's, it's, it's that good. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you have to do that. You have to shoot for the moon. You got to go for young players. But be, always be cautious of trading up a quality player. It's not like Kellen Winslow was the best ever at this time. This is 07. But he did have, that was actually his best year in 07. So I traded for him 06, but in 07 is when he had his best year when he made the Pro Bowl. Um, then there's a Kenny Watson for and Patrick Creighton, Anquan Bolden, Mark Balger for Carson Palmer trade. Uh, Bobby Ingram for a second pick. You know, I'm trying to go through some of these real quick. Um, here's one that Mike made in 2008. Traded Marvin Harrison for Dallas's defense, Devin Hester, and a second round pick. Right. I well, Marvin Harrison was on his way out. This yes. is my thinking behind it. And if you look in the book, I made the trade like two picks prior. Like I, we weren't on the clock or anything. And had every intention on drafting Deshaun Jackson, and he was taking the pick right before me. I think I ended up drafting like probably the worst player of all time. I don't even know who <laughs> it would just ended up being like every time I look back on, I was like, God, I was so close to having Deshaun Jackson. Let me guess, you were talking to Juan before the draft, and you were talking up Deshaun Jackson. And uh, probably he, he that, picked him uh, I'm, I guarantee it, because you know he had no idea who Deshaun Jackson was. <laughs> yeah, be, be careful with those guys in your league. We had a guy for years, for years in our league, that would he'd be like, hey, who do you like in the draft? We, we'd be talking draft the whole time, and meanwhile, he's just taking mental notes. And That's all he's doing, because he's only draft sucker. players that you mentioned. That was it. Right. He, got, he snaked me a few times. Tory Smith or uh, yeah, Tory Smith, and just like talking about guys because we'll be at the gym or whatever. Hey, dynasty drafts coming up, and then uh, boom, next twenty minutes, I'm just giving all my secrets away because I can't hold anything in. You know, <laughs> he's in there just taking notes. Like, oh, he's like thank Save God seven times so he remembers in his head. Yeah. Deshaun so anyway, Jackson, just John Jackson, just John Jackson. Yeah. So, so that was I was selling. I was selling uh, Marvin Harrison. It was like just like, hey, he's old. Um, a good sell at the time, right? I mean, that worked out for you. I mean, either way, I mean, you got a. De- I mean, obviously, nothing really panned out for it. I mean, you got a defense out of it. But a lesson to learn there is you traded during the draft for a pick, thinking you're going to get a player. Is if you want a player and you think he's going to be there, don't make the trade official. Until you're, that that person's on the clock, and you know the players there that you want. Yeah, and and even though it didn't, you know, I don't know who I who I ended up taking. Might have been someone like, well, I don't even know. But I know they didn't pan out. But at the same time, Marvin Harrison was done at that point. Like, I mean, you're right. One year later, he would have been. He's worth nothing, and you would get nothing for him. So even if you flipped that and you didn't get anything, at least you took the shot. So I mean, exactly. You kind of do know. You have to know when to get out from underneath, guys. I right. think my uh, I think that Michael Turner trade is like what kind of spurred like we didn't have a lot of draft pick trades way back in the day either. Uh, it doesn't seem, and I think that Michael Turner trade after they saw that might have like spurred a lot because in two thousand eight there was like a lot of trade for picks. You know, like so, Mark Bulger for a second round pick, Chester Taylor that's a, that's for a, a second solid. round pick I mean, that's a that solid. worked out well. Um, Kesty, Kenny Watson for Justin Fargus, uh, and you traded Wes Welker and Ahmad. I don't know who, and that's all it says. You traded Wes Welker. Um, I, that was another guy I got off the waiver wire, so another win for me. Waiver wire di- guy? Oh, you over yeah. There. Yep. Um, and here's, a, here's a big trade that we talked about for years. In 2008, it was August 12th, 2008. Hmm. Matt traded Willie Parker 
Larry Fitzgerald, and his 2009 second-round pick for Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart's still on my team right now. You're right. You're right. Yeah, at least I stuck it out. So things I learned is not to force it, I guess. Um, That was a tough one for a while, but you know what? He ended up contributing to my championship team last year, so uh, I guess I'm the long-term winner of that one. Wouldn't you say... Though it was like one of those things where you're chasing the running back. I was totally chasing the running back. Who doesn't chase the running back? This you know what I'm saying? This is a young running back in a good position who looked really good. He was supposed to be the next like stud Steven Jackson type of, of running back. Right, and he's so, turned out to be like Donald Brown. But I think he's, he's a little I've bit better. We can all <laughs> say he's better than Donald Brown. Uh, Donald Brown's um, a Hall of Famer. Donald Brown's better than Donald Brown. <laughs> He definitely goes in the Heartbreak Kids Hall of Fame. Yeah, right? he does, man. Hall of Fame. Uh, those those first three round picks. So it was uh, no shot that year. Is no Sean Moreno, Donald Brown, and Beanie, uh, Wells. Beanie Wells. Beanie Wells. Any way you play it, I mean, I guess no shot for that one year had been to, been the right play, but that's about it. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, I don't don't chase it. Um. Don't force it for a running back. You know, you kind of got to let them come to you a little bit. Um. But at the same time, if the time is right, I guess. You kind of you gotta go after him, and they end up not being and too bad because at the time we we ridiculed ridiculed you. Oh for yeah, over well over a year. Oh yeah, because Larry Fitz at the time was like the, the best, yeah, the wide receiver. receiver totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, well over a year. You guys just stopped busting my chops about it last year, I think, because I won the championship. A year, seven years. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. I mean, who's counting? Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> August 12, 2008. Actually, uh, you guys are still laughing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's iconic. But at the same time, like, screw you guys. Like you said, you can't predict the future. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald started to have a big drop up there. Was, I mean, when's the last time Larry Fitzgerald had over 1,000 yards? It was like four years ago since he had over 1,000 yards. Yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, it's not like Jonathan Stewart's a bum. When he gets on the field, he, he really does show that he's he's a quality running back. He just, you know, unfortunately has injury issues. And that's not that was nothing that I could have predicted. So, I mean, it was his rookie year. It wasn't like he already had some huge, long history of being injured all the time. So I took a shot on a guy, you know. Uh, sometimes you, you, yeah, you, you fall in love you, with the rookies. Right, and, and you only missed out on two 1,400-yard receiving that's seasons. Cool. And that's yeah. why we really were. I mean, Larry Fitz was still ripping them off there. Right. right. No, but I did have a lot of wide receiver depth, too. I know he happened to be the crowning jewel, but that's yeah. obviously why you know, that trade went that down. That trade went down because yeah. he was my best wide receiver. Right. I mean, I did have Braylon Edwards at the time. I had Plexico Burris. I had a few other people, too. I mean, I did have Wes Walker that I think I dealt like the year before, too. I had a lot of depth at the wide receiver. I always seem to accumulate a lot of depth at the wide receiver. So, I mean, for me to get rid of a guy, it was it was, it well, was one of those things. Stewart was going to be the, the next right. big Right. It thing. was one of those things where I figured I, I, I'll be able to fill in at wide receiver. And it turned out I couldn't. So, I, I was kind of bad. And I, that was when I ended up blowing it up right after that. And oh, and I'm, I remember after in like 2005, I was going back through some of the post comments made too, and like you were like, see you in 2009, and I was like, it was like that was in 2005 you wrote it. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh, little does he know in 2009 he's gonna be in the same position. Well, yeah, because I had I had to reblow up, you know, so I, I didn't. I, I'm a little late to the party, but I arrived. But but what I want to say about that too is uh, the the whole Larry Fitzgerald thing too. Like you, I I like the maneuver you made because if you have depth like at at a position, say you have like a Mike Evans, an Odell Beckham, and uh, like a Calvin Johnson or somebody. Don't be – some people, again, you get over-enamored by the roster, how it looks on paper, and you forget the whole point is to trade. And say you have four receivers. So say you have like um, Jordan Matthews, too, and you have four guys there. 
And out of those four, maybe your first one you want to trade is like Jordan Matthews because that's where he is on the rankings. You shouldn't be afraid if you have good depth to trade a really good player. You know what I mean? Just because if you only start with three receivers, it's yeah, it's really sweet to have four receivers. But if you need a running back, don't be afraid to trade. And you get really good stuff for like somebody like Odell Beckham or Mike Evans or even Calvin Johnson. So don't be afraid to trade those guys. Well, I think the theory behind it was right. It's just, you know, playing the hindsight, the Monday morning quarterback, you just picked the wrong receiver to deal. Right. I mean, I had guy. I mean, I also, I, now I'm remembering more of my roster. I had Javon Walker. I mean, all these guys were like really good wide receivers at the time. And then J- Devon Walker ended up getting injured. Right. Plexico ended up shooting himself in the leg. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, like, uh, it kind of like disintegrated right around me. Very quickly. But right. Like that trade would look so much better or more even had you traded Plexico or Braylon and this stuff is probably like something that. I shouldn't talk about. Cause I don't think Juan ever told anybody, but he wanted Braylon and you talked to more, but you told my, me that, that you wanted my you wanted Braylon. inner Browns fan wouldn't let me trade. Cause him. he was coming off of that six season. He was awesome. Was like 17 seven touchdowns or something. 16. 16. Yeah. Okay. Which is like third best of all time in the season or something like that. You know? Yeah. It was sick. It so was I, I like, I could have gotten rid of. Right. Braylon and, the, and then you, then, then we're saying we're not, analyzing it like we are oh, now. Yeah. I know, I know. And Tommy offered you three first-round picks for Braylon that year, and you're like, no, dude, no. Which yeah. I would have said no, too, so I'm not anybody to judge here. Well, right, he was the third pick in the draft, you know, Braylon, and he was coming off a great season. Why would you, I mean, you're yeah, getting everything like you Odell want. Odell Beckham right now for right. like three firsts. Like, no, I'd rather have Odell Beckham. Right, because, yeah, because of, risk like yeah, that. the three firsts you're going to get, one's going to pan out. The other one's going to be a bust, and one other guy's going to be a mediocre guy. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's going to be that top talent guy. So, again, don't. A good thing that like I said, we've learned this and we've talked this throughout trading is you see a lot of dynasty players that want to tweet out like this, like, look how strong my receivers are. I got like six strong receivers, but then your running back situation's garbage. And you're like, well, you should trade this guy. I'm like, oh, I can't trade him. He's super sweet. You know? And it's so like, dude, you got to, like, same thing with like well, running that's backs. That, and that's you, a worse situation. Receivers are even kind of better. If like somebody has five good running backs, like Juan was in that situation two years ago, and I was like, dude, you have to trade some of these guys now. And they're running backs. And he's like, oh, I can't because they're too good. And then literally they all changed to the very next year. They're like, oh, well, now I need to run. Well, back. it's the same way he, we had with quarterback, too. Going into like last year, he had a bunch of QBs, and I had issues like RG3 got hurt again this year, and I tried to get every one of them from him. Like he had. I can't remember, but anyways, but that's why you, that's why you draft best available. Absolutely. So you, so you end up in that position, uh, you know, unfortunately we're all right. Now I have five receivers. I only can start three of them. Well, you've drafted best available so you can make trades to acquire the positions that you were low on. Yeah. It just, you just hope that the trades pan Pan out, you know, that's exactly why you always draft best available exactly why so you could do situations like that and just don't trade for a running back that's like 29 years old and don't and don't be afraid to i mean sometimes you got to act quick you can't wait to like oh i'm gonna ride out this year and do it next year because you don't know how quickly things can change and how how player status you know our dynasty rankings to keep up with those things i mean they're constantly moving you know so if you have five good running backs or four good running backs. Four's, I mean, four's a lot. Definitely a dynasty league. I mean, some people are starting two running back twos at best. So if you have four good running backs, trade one of them. Trade one of them. If, definitely if you only start two because you have to have a well If you're going to win a dynasty league, most times out of not, you need like a really good roster, a well-rounded roster. If you have any kind of holes, 
those holes are going to get you with a good record in the regular season. They're going to get you all the way to the championship game. But when you get to that championship game, it's going to cost you. That one hole is going to cost you because somebody in your league over time built a really good team. So, again, it's not about what your team looks like on paper at a certain position. It's about how your whole starting lineup looks when you get to the playoffs. That's what's the most important thing. Because, again, guys, I mean, the most important thing, even if you got to make these trades, is to win. If you have to give up a little bit more because you want to win this year, then that's the point. Because, again, we don't look back at who came in second place. You know, 10 years from now, when, you're, when your dynasty league's at 10 years or 12 years in, you're gonna be, what you're going to be talking about is how many championships do you have? I have one, sir. So, and well, that, in this league. And that's the most important thing. Right. It's not about like, oh, well, from 2005 to 2009, I had the best running back and receiving core in the league. Well, how many championships you win? Exactly. Uh, do, 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 do. You know, one. I, I felt like there's a time there. I came in second place three years in a row. And it killed, you know what I mean? It's like, I, and I tried to win. I couldn't get over that hump of coming in second place. And I can sit here, well, my team was this good, like, for this many years. Well, how many championships you win at span? I won one. Okay. Well, that, yeah, <laughs> there you go. So the key is to win. Because I'm telling you, six years from now, and then we go through these lists, we see these players who we don't even barely remember existed. The only thing that matters is how many championships you got. That's that. Those were the bragging rights come in, man. That's yep. what it is. Like how many ships you got? Well, I got five. Well, wow, you're awesome. You know, it doesn't matter what you gave up or who you got. It's like, wow, you're really good at dynasty. Um, 08, I don't think there was anything else really. I mean, a couple like you know Tim Hightower for Chris Perry trades, Reggie Williams for a draft pick, um, and then 09. Now here's a trade in 09 that I saw. Besides this, Lee Evans and a second for Lance Moore. Uh, you see a lot of these two, these trades, where people want to give you a whole bunch of guys for one really good guy. Five okay. five nickels doesn't equal a quarter all, it, all the time. Right. It might they, they think they're offering uh, like quantity over quality, and yes. that's it's the other way around. It's quality over quantity. You typically want, in a trade, want the best player. And that's what I was going to get to say. Mike Mike actually came up with this to me. This is, this is probably you know, eight years ago, whatever. And Mike, I, I always say this to everybody now, but I know the first person I ever remember saying this to me is Mike. And it always is. When you look at a trade, the first thing you look at is. Who's getting the best player? Who's getting the best player? Right. You always want to get the best player in the, uh, the draft. So here's one. Pierre Thomas, Lance Moore, and Anthony Fasano for Matt Forte. Ugh. November 17th, 2009. I mean, that's a, the worst trade ever. And this, and this was Kevin. God rest his soul, who passed away. Uh, he made he used to, he was notorious for taking a whole bunch of players for one good player, and every one time he did, like hardly had of them. There's a couple of trades that pan, I think there's one that pan out for him. But I forgot about that trade. I thought Tommy drafted him. Nope, traded for him. 2009, another <sighs> another thing that helped him propel him to the championship. But hmm. again, I mean, Pierre Thomas, who I mean, he had fantasy success. Success. Lance Moore, nothing. Anthony Fasano. It was like maybe maybe the thought process of just chasing that tight end, you know, because like you're everyone's chasing the running back, but also like that tight end, everyone wants to like round out their. Everybody their, traces a tight end too. Yeah, I think yeah. those are the highest like chase positions. I, mean, I don't think in two thousand nine, I don't think like Mister Fasano wanted Anthony Fasano on his team. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, come on. I mean, but he's probably yeah, you're right. Like the throw in, right? There. Yeah, but that's a prime example. What you can learn from is uh. Oh my god! I got like four more pages of traits here. Uh, you got a uh, yeah. You know, Fasano never really did anything. That nothing. was like a pretty terrible trade. So you kind of again, 
if you're gonna if people offer you a whole bunch of players that you they're kind of like average or not that good for one good player, remember you always want the best player in the trade if you can do it. You know, you want to feel like you're coming away with the best player in the trade, not like oh I got a whole bunch of players for this guy. You want the best player. Now, if you're trading a player for a player and you like you think they're equal, that's fine. But never take bulk over quality. Right in those big grouping because a lot of people a lot of people like to have those big blockbuster trades. You know, there's like all these pieces moving. Yeah, no, no, they're fun. But when you're looking at them, they're hard to decipher which side you like better. So the first thing to do, like you're, you know, like we we're saying, you just the first thing to, to check off who's got the, who's getting the best player. Yeah. That's the number one thing I look for. You know, that's well, like you said, the one-on-one things, you know, that's opinionated who likes, who prefers who, but when you start getting into the bulk trades, mm-hmm. I answered a Twitter question today that, and I was like, and it was like two good players and like three good. I'm like, I want this guy as the best player. It's a, it's that simple for me. I want the highest rated best player in the trade. Um, 2009, April and April, there was a Carson Palmer for Joseph Adai and the 12th overall pick for Tom Brady and the sixth overall pick. Uh, easy to say there that uh, Tom Brady's side won that trade. And that was another Tommy trade. It was another Tommy trade. This so Tommy is- just knows how to make, if you want to make a deal, I mean, don't trade with Tommy because he's ripping you off. Yeah, talk to Ad Dynasty Tommy because this guy, def- through the years, ripped so, because he's just, he'd sell it. You know what I mean? He's, he ripped so many people off throughout the years. It was disgusting. Um, the, the 12th overall pick got traded for Chester Taylor and the 10th overall pick that year. Again, chasing the running back. Right, and Chester Taylor was coming off some decent, like, years and just never really did much after that. You know, that's probably where, where that was coming from, chasing that running back. And, again, you, and you'll see all these ones chasing the running back. They they don't really pan out. Those are, those, are, those are always the ones that you look back on and are like, oh, my God, that was a terrible trade. Same Tommy did the same thing the following year. Uh, in, oh, no, this one's uh, 09, yeah. Traded Liddell Betts, Terry Glenn, Mike Fury, and John Kitna. A whole lot of nothing. Oh my gosh. For Marcus Colston and Tony Gonzalez. Oh my gosh. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And this was in 08, so I don't know what Marcus Colston was coming off of, but I mean, yeah, ridiculous, right? Again, a whole bunch of nothing. I mean, that's literally nothing. I know I know Mike Fury was like a a, a four game kind of like wonder there in Detroit. But I was gonna say I can barely remember that guy. I remember him because I remember he had like a couple good games, you know. Uh, so I know you Lions fans out there know exactly who he is. And then uh, Carson Palmer in July of '09 got traded for the tenth overall pick and for Wes Welker, which is kind of, I mean, obviously the Wes Welker side probably won that in like the '09 years, right? But Carson Palmer at the time, when you think was coming to his peak, uh as a prime quarterback, and if you believe in Carson Palmer, you need a quarterback, you, you'd probably be willing to do something like that. Right, and Palmer only gave him probably one more good year, and then... That was it. That was it until kind of... Recently. Until recently. Re- resurrected his stuff. Yeah. Here, and then, you know, Bo Scape got traded, and then here's a trade that you made, Mike. Uh, a 2000, in 2009, you traded your third-round pick in 2009 for 2010 third, which I usually try to go up around if I do that, but hey, man, if you don't like anybody in the draft and you're just like, you don't want anybody... I'm moving along for next year, so you have two third round picks. Right. Uh, then Matt, you trade away Plexico Burst for Matt Leinart. Ouch. You guys both lost that trade. Yep. Uh, Kurt Warner got traded. Uh, I traded Vincent Jackson. Oh, that that trade got canceled. Now this was a this was a great story. Uh, guy calling me up. He wants Vincent Jackson. I want a first round pick, right, for him. At the time, this is in 2009. He's like, I don't know. He's like, deal. Calls me back. And he gave up. 
two first round picks to somebody else for Donnie Avery. Oh, I know who this is. Yeah, same guy. Yep. Um, Matt Castle, Dennis. So Northcutt. that deal that deal was done, and he he reneged. Is it, what you're saying? It was done. We agreed upon it. I was super mad about it, and I was supposed to get his first for Vincent Jackson, and he called me back like literally two. I was about to go do it on the send an offer over officially right. on a website. He's like, "Hey man, I just got the phone with Tommy." <laughs> Of all people, Tommy fleeced him for two first rounds him first for round Donnie Avery. For Stone, Stone, Stone Hands Avery. Avery. I mean, he did nothing in his career. Nothing. nothing. He dropped. A, he dropped about ten passes, and then he quickly found himself on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Yep. Um. And then yeah, here it is: 2010 and 2011 first for Donnie Avery on July 30th, 2009. Hope that worked out for you. Um. I'm trying to go. With, I'm going to skim through some of these here. Man. Uh, Mike Vick got traded uh, for Alex Smith. Um, Derek Mason got traded for a four, fourth-round pick in 2009. Now, here's when, in 2009, too, Matt, you finally did trade Braylon Edwards and Kurt, Kurt Warner. Now, I think this, is a, this actually worked out for you. You traded Braylon Edwards and Kurt Warner to Juan for a first, a second, third, fifth, and sixth-round pick. Yeah, that was that's what I unloaded for an entire draft. That's when I really... Went full in for the reload, and it paid off. Then, oh, big time! Yeah, yeah, because that's that that was what started off. You know, I got that was the draft. I think that I had. You know, I got Des Bryant, Eric Decker, Legarrette Blunt, uh, Golden Tate. Um, really, it just propelled me into the championship type of team that I am right now. So, so when you decided to trade your players for all your were you like at the bottom of the barrel or were you like in the mid in the middle um i was one of those teams that was like either just making the playoffs or, or just, just missing. missing the playoffs and i was so then up. obviously that's where you just said adios right. i think i only won like two games in 2009 i'm yeah. just staring right at it yeah because you also traded Derek Mason that year for uh, Eric's fourth round pick, so you made a couple moves there to kind of. I, I I had two full drafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah you were just rebuild. acquiring as many picks as possible, just playing that uh, the odds. Then hey, some of these guys got to pan out. Absolutely. October twenty seventh, two thousand nine. Uh, Tony made a move again, trying to get capture that tight end. Gave up a second round pick for Mercedes Lewis. Didn't work out. Uh, I traded in two thousand nine. Uh, Santonio Holmes. You know who's a quality prospect at the time, and I San Antonio Holmes, absolutely yeah. from the Ohio State University. That's right. And you know, I, I was in the same kind of position as you at the time. You know, I had Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. Uh, I had a lot of really good receivers at the time. I was coming off, I think, a champ. I think this year I won a championship, and I had San Antonio Holmes, who I just wasn't started. And I got offered a first round pick for him, and I was like, yeah, for sure. I'm not starting him, you know, on a weekly basis. He's my backup receiver. If I can get a first, I'm absolutely taking it. And I did. So I, I jumped on that, but I kind of played hardball. I was like, all right, I want your first. You know, I built up San Antonio Holmes, like, as much as I could. And I was like, I want your first, net, you know, in the following draft. I want your second the year after that. And I'm like, okay, deal. Because sometimes it's easier to get, like, a second two years from now compared to the next year. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. want to see both their their first picks go and then you're only picking in the third right round. i mean that's that's a that's always like a that's a classic tactic because then yeah. when that year comes around you're just you got those extra picks it's nice man yeah in two years so because two years from now or just even like next year or you know especially like two years from no one's thinking that far ahead to get a deal done they're going to do that and if it, if your mind is made up like hey i would have done it for a first let me just see if i can get just some extra pick on it 
cherry on top. Yeah, man. So when you're making these trades, don't be afraid to like, you know, when you get into the trades, like don't feel like, oh, you make an offer and then it's like over. You got to negotiate. This is dynasty, man. I mean, I've been involved in trades that take a whole summer to go down. Like literally for like every once week, every week or every two weeks, we're, we're new offers on the table. Oh yeah, you, oh, you, you see him at the it. you see him at a party. You get a couple of drinks in them. You you start you know talking it up Open a little negotiations. bit. Negotiations. Yeah, then you walk away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me think about it. And then like two weeks later, you, you see him at the gym. You talk it up a little bit. So yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to learn. There is don't like during a trade, don't be afraid to ask like something for the future like a set and a second round picks are perfect like hey why don't you give me a second in 2018 or 2017 now you know it's like two years especially from now. if you know like i just said two minutes ago especially if you know you do it without that pick and now you're just kind of adding on because yeah, people they get seeing it done, how, like, okay, seeing yeah. how far you can push them right basically. why not because people are way more hesitant to give up and pick next year than they are in two years and that, that pick does have less value but just imagine if you would have done that in 2012 and you have an extra second in 2014 it probably worked out pretty well for you. Right. Uh, so then, Mike, you traded um, a 2004th and a 2011. Uh, you traded your fourth round pick in 2010. You traded your fourth in that draft and your third the following year uh-huh. to get back in the third round of that draft. Right. So that's the kind of maneuver you used in 2010. Yes, because I traded away and I wanted to get back. Yes. So. So, and that's sometimes it's, it's not bad. Like people, again, if there's a player you really like, I know I did it for John Kreiner in Oakland. You know, I gave up a pick higher the next year for that player to get back into the third. I think I gave, I gave up a second, uh, the following year to get back into third. I was yeah. like, Hey, I want your third round pick. It was the middle of the third round pick. I'll give you my second next year. Hey, it's gonna be a late second. I'm thinking, you know, and I want this player. I think it's gonna be good. I was, I was all on the John Kreiner kind of bandwagon at the time. And that's a maneuver. That's a maneuver that I made. So it's sometimes it's not a bad idea to kind of, if there's a player you really like, you know. Yeah, that's just kind of like the price of doing business, though, right? I mean, yeah, that seems like a pretty standard price to pay, like one one round bump up for a next year pick. Right. Uh, that seems pretty standard. Yeah, and yeah. you know, at the time when you're drafting, you're gonna make those moves. You know, you see somebody you want, you're uh, and you're sitting out that round. Oh, dude, if somebody yeah. would have came and offered me a second round pick next year for a third round this year, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Right. I wouldn't even have thought about Vera. it. Here's a here's a good trade that uh, Tom, uh Mike made actually in two thousand ten. And if if Cedric Benson now remember this name? This was a dynasty darling at the time in about two thousand ten, if you don't remember back. Marty Gilliard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Marty was a little kind of like Cincinnati wide receiver. Yeah. You know, if we were doing a podcast at the time in 2010, we'd be talking Marty up. Oh, yeah. oh I was all over him. Cincinnati Bearcats. Where did yeah. he? I can't remember. Cincinnati. St. Louis. I, St. Louis. Well, I know he ended up in St. Louis for a stop. I don't know if that's where he got drafted. I or can't not. remember either. Well, Mike wanted Marty Gilliard, so he traded. He was a he was the add-in. No, you yeah you. you Mike got Cedric Benson, Marty Gilliard, and a 2011 first and second round pick for Miles Austin. And this wow. was the time that Miles Austin was like, I think that's probably where the time we signed his contract extension was really good. So, you know, Cedric Benson never really panned out. He didn't pan out. You know, he didn't pan out. Marty Gilliard didn't, Definitely pan, didn't out. pan out. But Marty Gilliard was a guy that I liked, and he was a throw-in. You really So I him. was just like, I remember hey, you, just, you told me you were really happy about getting, like, I got Marty Gilliard. Yeah, so I was like, hey, let's just... Uh, um, let's just throw him on. Yeah, he was drafted by the Rams. I just wanted to double check that. Um, so he was the throw, and it didn't work really work out. It was more so for that first round pick because Miles Austin, just like one of your trades we talked about a little bit back before, 
I picked up Miles Austin on the waiver Wait, wire. I, I remember talking about this at the gym. He was Go a ahead. waiver wire yeah. guy, and it was like, I, I just want to flip him. And, and you know, I have a, one of my really good buddies is a big Cowboys fan, and he was like, he was the one that turned me on to Miles Austin. But then at the same time, was like, so, and I got him real easily, and it ended up being like a lottery ticket. It worked. I was like so shocked. And then when I traded him, he's like, ah, you know, maybe you might want to see if you could, if he was just telling me, hey, if you could flip them, flip them. And I, so I was like, that's when I wanted just to cash out. And, you did, and you it worked. Haul for, you got I a, got a good back, haul. It just a didn't good really, prospect. Right. It just, in a, in a pick. Two picks, a first and a second round. Right. Pick, so that, that really worked out for yeah, you. Yeah, and that pick turned out to be Greg Little. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. We, we, uh, Who I didn't like, but I drafted based on the fact going to the Browns. Not, in the, not even because he was with the Browns. That had nothing to do with it. Out of all the other receivers, like he was going to be a wide receiver one for a team, and I needed a wide receiver at the time. Like this, he's in the best situation to produce right now. Pie in the face. Pie in the face. That was the one when Juan snaked you again, right? Because I tried Smith, to, right? I tried to trade him for Tory Smith later because I, I wanted, I really needed wide receivers, and we basically had, had a deal about as close as can be. He's like, who are you, t- who are you so like, who do you want that bad? And I was like, I really want Tory Smith, you know. And Smith, within Smith. like two seconds later, he's like, I'll, I'll just, I'll take Tory Smith. It's like, man, you son of a gun. I remember you were so mad. Oh, so that. mad. Um, and it's funny too because you took Greg Little that draft, and yeah, you also took. We have a new writer. He's gonna be his article will be actually up tomorrow. Um, you can follow him at Twitter uh, at Third Down Theory, and he wrote for Dynasty Stash. You can read all about it tomorrow about Leonard Hankerson. And I wrote him oh, back. I was like, still got him on my team because I have refused to release him. Oh, Why? Because you took him in the first round, right ahead of Greg, Greg Little. Little right? You took him back to back, and I wrote him back. I was like, I was like, oh, Greg Leonard Hankerson. I was like, oh, the former first round pick. Yeah. I was like him and Greg Little back to back picks for. Yeah, I don't know. Really. He probably wouldn't have went first round in a lot. I don't know. I really, I was sold. It yeah, was that Miami. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I'm telling you, man, he was like Reggie Wayne, dude. He was so good, mm. and then he got hurt. Hey, we have an article coming out tomorrow. Why you? Why at Third Down Theory? You can follow him on Twitter. Thinks he's a good stash. You should well, read it. He's stashed. You should yeah. read it. I still got Donald Brown too. It'll, it'll renew your hope. Yeah. <laughs> Donald uh, Brown, Leonard Hangerson. I just refuse to let go. That way he'll be eating up a roster spot on your roster for right. another year at least. Yeah. Please trade. Good please thing we have them. thirty man roster. Yeah. Um, Justin Forsett got traded for uh, a 2011 second October 2010, which just finally paid dividends last year so that kind of worked out five years later well i think yeah i think who had him uh tommy tommy moved him mm-hmm. uh to to fox right fox got him yep for a future second right. uh, i acquired brett Favre that year for a future fifth and that was it and in 2011 uh chad ochocinco got traded in a fourth round pick for a second round pick that's you had to have traded him right that was no that was tony okay and then uh i traded kellen winslow for a second round pick that year I felt uh, in, during the draft, I remember because I really wanted Jacquez Rogers. So I traded Kellen Winslow for essentially Jacquez Rogers. It was a second round pick. That's, that's what I ended up doing. A lot of these right here, these are all draft day trades right here. And this is May 13th, 2011. So in 2011, we had a rookie draft on May 13th. Um, Wes Welker got traded for a first round pick that year. Kevin was making moves here. Uh, you, uh, or no, the Manuel Sanders trade happened there. It was a Manuel Sanders straight up for Joseph Adai as well 
So obviously the Manuel Sanders trade. Not the Manuel right. Sanders side one on that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Because also- the die was supposed to be, you know, the heir apparent to Edger and James, but he was just a bum. And he was just a bum. Then, you know, Tommy gave up a Marcus Colston and a second for Greg Jennings. Um, again, Greg Jennings in Green Bay was great. Everything after that was boo-boo. not so great. Yep. Uh, going through here, you know, Hines Ward in 2011 for Jordan Tommen, uh, Todman, Terrell Pryor. Uh, we had a supplemental draft. Right. Uh, if, you, if you have your draft early and then there's a supplemental draft and there's a player you want in there and you know how to approach it, what we did is we just did blind bids. And it was, you know, everybody submit the highest round pick you have. And it was from that draft order that year, the highest pick you'd give up for that player. Right. You have to either find somebody that's in your league and that doesn't plan on participating, or you have to find somebody outside of your league to submit all those emails to. Yes. And it's only happened twice. And this was a fourth round picking up for 12 trial prior. And then Juan gave up a first round pick for Josh Gordon. Yep. So if you ever have your question like, well, what do we do during a supplemental draft? Uh... It's a, it's a good, fun way to do it, blind bidding. So, yeah, and then you, you lose that pick for the next, the following the year. The following year, yeah. yeah. Just like the normal supplemental draft. Right. Just wanted to clarify. Uh, Pierre Garçon got traded uh, along with Ryan Terrain for uh, a late round, not a late round pick. Uh, I don't know what it was actually here. Uh, Santana Moss. Oh, for Santana Moss and Plexico Burst. Okay, it was 2002. Oh, no, no, no. This was, here's another thing that, Backfire here again. You'll see how this. You see how much these backfire. Santana Moss, Plexico Burst, Muhammad Masakoy, and a second round pick for Sean's, which ended up being a high pick, first round pick. That was Juan bundling up a bunch of crappy wide receivers to Sean, who had none. Yes, for a first round pick. Again, yeah. I mean, these guys were the end of the Burst. This is 2011. Santana Moss, Muhammad Masakoy, and a second round pick for a first round pick. Again, bundling a whole bunch of guys that he doesn't really want to try and get a first-round pick. Somebody's like, well, I'm getting all this quality here. And I remember the time that trade went down, I was like, that was a horrible trade. Well, I got, I need a receiver. I got three of them. They were all just guys. Quantity over quality there. So yep. if you listen to the podcast and your league mates don't listen to podcasts, obviously this is, this is a maneuver that works. Take all your trash that you're not starting and get a first-round pick. Like, hey, I'll give you uh, Roddy White. I'll give you uh, Dwayne Bowe. I'll give you some other, you know, uh, Lorenzo Taliaferro and, and a second-round pick for a first-round pick. Like, ooh, I'm getting Roddy White. I'm getting Dwayne Bowe. I'm getting a lot of stuff here. And then, because you'll look back at it next year, I'm like, wow, why did I give all that stuff for a first-round pick that turned into Kevin White? Oh, man. Yep. So what do you think, like, the takeaways are from, like, the trades after recap? And, I mean, obviously, you, you want the best player in the trade, if possible. People fall for quantity over quality. Yes. But don't fall for it yourself. Don't fall for it yourself. Yeah, so the golden, that'd be like some of the golden rules, you know? Always try and get the best player. Right. Qual- quality over quantity. Uh-huh. Which is almost kind of in the same kind of aspect of that. Uh, try to sneak in like a future two-year away pick out of the trades. Um, right. You know, don't be afraid to, at the same time, like, you know, hash trades out. Also, sometimes, like, don't be afraid to, what I've learned, you know, in the history of trading is like, if somebody approaches you with an offer, like say, hey, like I want, I want AJ Green, and you're like, he makes you an offer that you kind of like. Before you just like jump on that offer, don't be afraid to like, all of a sudden throw his name out there and see, because you know how many times you you have throughout the years you've seen trades of like, oh, I would have gave you more for that, or I would have gave you this for that. You know what I mean? Some people won't like they'll just say they heard a trade offer, and I'm like okay, but meanwhile they could have got more. 
or they didn't even know his real value in that league until after the trade was done. Right. I mean, rankings are nice. You can check rankings on sites. Man, your league might value somebody more than others. You There's know? always somebody out there that somebody values somebody way more. Yeah. Don't be afraid else. to shop an offer on the side. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, don't be a jerk about it, you know, and like hold somebody up, but like, you know, definitely shop, you know, if you have a pending offer or something that sounds like it might, it could go down. And it works better in the off season. And you, you, know, right. you don't want to do it too much because, and, and you don't want to use the, what the guy's giving in like exact terms and stuff. Cause, cause that kind of well, crap will right. get around and then you'll be that shady trader and then <laughs> you'll get banned from yeah, trading. Right. Basically. You got to be discreet be, about it and yeah. you got to be like, right. you got to be good about it. There's right. a way to do it. I guess like only you will know. You, a couple uh, guys, like maybe find a target, a guy that you want kind of say, Hey, I'll give you this guy for that. Maybe, maybe it pans out that you'd want a little bit more than that guy or, Something that's like deep in a position, like, hey, this guy's kind of available. Yeah, and I wouldn't say, well, this guy's offering me this, and this guy's offering me that. I'm that, trying to, in, in my one deal. dynasty league, I'm trying to acquire another first round pick. And like, I have a deal in, uh, you know, a verbal deal going for at the number eight spot, but I really want to be at number seven because I'm afraid the dude at seven is going to take the guy I want. But it got to the point where I, I was just like, so I'm trying to trade with him now, even though I do have a verbal at eight. But I'm like, hey, listen, the dude at eight's going to take this offer I'm offering in hopes that he'll take it. Yeah, sometimes take you it. have to use it just, yes. just to do that. Yeah. Right. Because at the same time, like, I don't want to make this deal if this guy's going to take my guy at the same time. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Been there, done that, right? Yeah. It's not, yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So, but it, and it, it gives, it's nice in the off season. You could, it could do that more in the off season. You don't have to, like, pull the trigger right away, you know, kind of like, let it flow. Think about it for a little bit. See how it affects your team in the long haul. Uh, in season, obviously, it's different. But hey, another thing too is don't be don't be afraid. Like we said, when you see people at parties, and if you're in leagues where you don't know people, shoot them emails. Like throw trades out there, man, because you never know what you're gonna get. You know, I threw trades out there at LT at the end of his career, thinking that I, I would throw trades. He, that was one of the things that went down. I got Frank Gore back for LT. I never thought he'd accept it, but he right. did. You know, you never know sometimes what people will accept or counter. And sometimes people make you a trade unless you're absolutely against it. I mean, I hate when sometimes you'll make a trade and somebody is like, no, but they don't make a counter offer. Well, sometimes you just insult them that much with their, with your, maybe they're just not interested in making a trade. You insult me every time you show your face around here. Unbelievable. Good Lord. Who was he talking to, Mike? I wasn't looking at him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and then, I mean, Again, it's dynasty, so it's built on trading. It's built on drafting. You really do want to trade, and we just want to do a show going back, like a show to kind of give you kind of aspect of where those trades kind of got you. And a lot of those were pretty much one-sided, uh, or they both didn't really pan out at all because some of them were minor trades. But again, I think the biggest thing we t- took away is that bulk uh, over quant, you know, quality. And get the best player in the draft. Don't don't be afraid if you have a position of strength. Um, Correct. Of over strength, like you you just have guys rotting on your bench to trade that away, especially if you have a weakness somewhere else. Yeah, it's one of my biggest dynasty pet peeves, man. Like when I see people that do, like, why aren't you trading these players? Like, oh, they're so good. It's like, dude, just get what you. Even if it's like two first round picks or something, like get something because you don't need, like, you don't need it. Like you're not making your team better by doing it. It's like. It's the worst thing. Like, I have eight receivers. Like, okay. How many start? Three. Oh, okay. That's, that sounds great. Uh, and I know if Juan go back, he would make that trade. So, um, well, that's pretty much sums up some uh, history of the Dynasty Nerds trades. Uh, shout out to all the guys that bought shirts this week. 
Uh, shout out to all the people that left reviews. I really went out and really asked you guys to leave the reviews on iTunes, and there's like 14 of you that did. Uh, so 14 more of you do it, we could possibly go through and be the top-ranked uh, Dynasty podcast on iTunes. 14 foot plus 14, Rich. Go. Oh, my goodness. That's you know, uh, he's stalling on purpose. Uh, yeah. He doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't. He's counting with his fingers uh, and toes right now. Rhythmic, I ran out of toes. It's 28, Rich. Go. Uh, uh. You're some kind of genius. Uh, so, yeah, if you can get on iTunes, leave us a rating review. It really, again, it really helps the podcast. helps us keep up on the top of the charts. If you look at the top of the charts, it will keep us at the top of the charts. So if you really like us, do that. And if you want to support the site and basically just help us post, pay to host our podcast fees, buy a shirt. You know, if you want to increase your high five intakes, that's the best way to do it. I mean, Mike, you wear your gym, your shirt to the gym all the time. How many fives do you get on a daily basis? Um, I don't get so many fives, but I do get a lot of chicks checking me out. Whoa. I give you a high five when I see nah. you at the gym. Even better. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Even better. They nah. do not <laughs> check me out. You know, and obviously, if you have a rookie draft coming up, you can look at our Dynasty rookie rankings. I just updated mine. I know, Mike, you just updated your rookie rankings right. as well uh, on DynastyNerds.com. If you want to interact with the awesome people of the Dynasty Nerds community, you can get on there and get on the forum, ask any kind of questions you want that might be above 140 characters, characters. Yeah. um but if you have a question under 140 characters you can definitely hit us up on twitter you can follow me at dynasty rich i am at dynasty matt at dynasty nerd mike and you can follow the site at dynasty nerds until then guys have a good week have fun throw some trades out there and if you have any uh good trades send them my way i love that i love hearing about trades until then guys have a good one el nino Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. And I'm back for a little golden egg nugget here. Um, after the guys left, after we got done with the podcast and we recorded, uh, we were discussing that we felt like we didn't get through the whole show. Uh, we only recorded usually for an hour. That's what we have time for. And we had to stop at 2011. Uh we felt like some of the trades we went through there were not really ideal to talk about. And a theory that we talked about when I want to hit on that, uh, you know, again, that we learned is trading, again, like good players for draft picks. I know in 2013, I traded Jordy Nelson, Darren Sproles for the number two overall pick, uh, which ended up being Monty Ball. And at the time, I was a really big believer in Monty Ball. And again, that was for the number two overall pick. And I gave up Jordy Nelson, and we all know the year Jordy Nelson had, because uh, this was in 2013. And I traded again, chasing that running back, and it didn't really pan out for me. And another thing I want to throw out there that we talked about afterwards is uh, after doing the episode is we want to put that point across when you do trade for rookies and trading those good players. And I know we think we hit on it early in the episode as well is. You got to be really cautious of that. I know you're swinging for the fences because if I would have done it for Le'Veon Bell, it would have panned out. And I actually got Le'Veon Bell that draft as well. But you just got to be aware. That's something I want kind of hit on because in 2000, June of 2013, uh, the draft, that was a trade I worked on all summer. It took Jordy Nelson, Darren Sproles for that pick. And that's what I did. And it didn't really work out for me. Um, and I know we didn't end up on any of the later trades because uh, in 2014, there was a Peyton Manning for a second round pick. You know, which turned out to be Martavis Bryant, I think, or no, Trey Mason. Uh, that was a trade that kind of really stood out as well. And in this last year's draft, during the draft, um, if you want like recent trades, since we get through all those as well, uh, Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, and Larry Fitz for Jordy Nelson this year. 
And again, the guy had a couple older running backs. He had Jamal Charles. Uh, he's not a believer in Doug Martin. Larry Fitz is kind of just a name for a nice, good receiver. And that's, that's a trade again. We'll see how this one pans out because this trade was made uh, this year in this draft. It was Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, Larry Fitz. Again, a whole bunch of names for Jordy Nelson. And we talked about not doing that. And yet it was just done this year. So let's see how that pans out. Let's see if Jordy Nelson's hip injury comes back. Uh, the bite him over. He just has like one, you know, or not even one good year. If he has multiple good years and then Marshawn Lynch just has this one year and then that's it. And then Doug Martin and Larry Fitz don't really do anything. Um, and again, if he was listening to this podcast, that might be a trade he doesn't want to make. But that's one of the, that's one of the things, that, you know, again, you, you got to do. I, when you go through here and you see a lot of these trades made, again, it was a lot of players for one player. And you shouldn't fall victim to that. And, you know, some people, they'll, do, they'll trade their whole draft for that one player. We have a multiple years back in a row here where somebody would trade, you know, their entire draft for the next year for one player and sometimes people get hesitant or not or overly excited and i'm like i'll give you my whole draft i'll give you my whole draft and somebody would have easily done it for just a first round pick or a first and a second and i also learned you shouldn't just give draft picks away you know because that third round pick could turn into a rob gronkowski an arian foster someone along those lines they're, they're third round picks and fourth round picks and fifth round picks that do pan out so don't don't treat them as garbage, but also treat them as throw-ins because they really they don't they don't mean a lot. But again, you shouldn't just give something away. And another thing too, when it comes to trading, is like you shouldn't just give players away. At the same time, earlier in the episode, we said, "Hey, if you have all these guys, uh, you should trade one." But that doesn't mean give them away. You know, you can wait for the right offer. You know, trade them, yes, but wait for that right offer. Let people know that they're available. But then wait for the you know something that helps your team. Don't take the first thing that comes along. And I, I see so many questions on Twitter. People are like, hey, uh, I can get like the second round and third round pick for this player. And I'm like, why? Or, or like a third and fourth round pick is a better example. And I'm like, no, you don't want to do that. And they're like, well, I have this receiver, this receiver, this receiver, this receiver. It's like, well, it doesn't mean you should just give somebody away. Don't ever give anybody away. You know, everybody holds value, and it, it, you, you can wait for it. Definitely come playoff time, everybody everybody's value goes up. You know, every, everybody's trying to make that last push for the ship, so that's what you want to do. You, you Don't ever give players away. Never, okay? Uh, be cautious of trading for young players. Everybody falls victim to it. You know, I fell victim to, fell victim to it in 2013. It probably won't be the last time I, tr- I fall victim for it. Uh, and if, if anybody wants any later trades, going like that i'd be more than happy to talk to you about it on twitter but i just want to jump back in here and say that you know because i was like oh, i forgot to make that point about the money ball trade where i gave up jordy nelson for money ball because I, I was such a big believer in it now when i get that in a podcast that was a mistake that i made uh i fell in love with the rookie running back hype and it bit me in the butt so hopefully i took a little away from it hope you guys listen all the way through again thanks for listening we'll be back next week have a good one later